His name was Wojtek. He joined the 22nd Transport Company's artillery division in the Polish 2nd Corps on April 8, 1942. Like most of the soldiers, he drank a bit too much, he smoked, and he took extra long showers. Unlike the other soldiers during World War II, Wojtek stood well over six feet tall and weighed several hundred pounds. He was, perhaps, the most unlikely of compatriots to be seen in a fighting company covered in thick brown hair. You see, Wojtek was an Iranian brown bear. His story remains to this day as one of those incredible and improbable wartime stories. But what makes this story of a bear being accepted into a group of humans to live and even fight among them is that it's not the only one. It's not even that uncommon. Throughout time, Humans have looked to bears with admiration, fear, compassion, and even divinity. For proof of this, look no further than Ursa Major and Minor. Historians believe that the origins of the great and lesser she-bears dates back to the Paleolithic era, when bears were worshipped as gods. Some cultures continue to worship bears to this day, like the Ainu people of Japan, holding ceremonies as recently as the 1960s. More on that later in the episode. From history to pop culture, bears seem to pervade all aspects of humanity. It's as if we are linked to them on another, less easy to define level. Bernd Brunner once said, The many surviving stories about bears reveal the variety of roles that they have played in the human imagination, from enemies of mankind the protective spirits. So follow me as I recount some of those fascinating tales featuring the most famous earth signs to ever grace the face of this extraordinary planet. My name is Aiden Main and welcome to Haunting Historia. Wojtek first found his way into the arms of a young Iranian boy. His mother had been hunted, and he needed looking after. Perhaps that's why the Polishman who stumbled upon the pair took to Wojtek so readily. They too had been ripped away from their families when the Soviets invaded Poland, held in camps in the cold of Siberia, and only released when Stalin joined the Allies in 1941. They purchased the bear cub from the boy, and gave him his name, an old Slavic name which means Happy Warrior. The soldiers took Wojtek with them across the Middle East to Egypt where they were to rendezvous. Along the way, they treated him as if he were a human infant, cradling him in their arms and feeding him condensed milk out of a vodka bottle. He quickly grew from cub to adult, picking up several of the men's habits. As I mentioned in the opening, he drank beer like anyone else in the company. According to the reminiscences of one soldier, Demeter Jalugo, he loved to drink from a beer bottle, and when it was empty, he would look through the opening to see where the rest of the beer was. Remarkably, Wojtek was also a bit of a smoker. The Polish would light a cigarette and give it to the bear, who would take a puff 
before promptly swallowing the whole thing. He would watch and mimic nearly everything the men did, from drinking coffee in the morning to marching on his hind legs. They also taught him how to salute when greeted. One thing that proved to be difficult in escorting a brown bear across the Middle East and Egypt was keeping cool, but the mischievous Wojtek learned quickly how to combat the heat, though his solution led to quite a lot of frustration for his fellow soldiers. Wojtek discovered how to break into the communal showers for the company. Not only that, but he learned how to turn the shower on, basking in the water far longer than anyone would have wanted. Water was being rationed and little Wojtek's long showers often led to shortages. His love for the showers turned out to be a blessing in disguise, as he reportedly discovered an Arab spy during one trip. The man was so terrified of seeing a bear in the shower that he gave up and spilled enemy secrets. From Egypt, the Polish army received orders to join in on the Italian campaign. But the British regulations for transport ships forbade pets or mascots. It was there that the Polish officially enlisted Wojtek into the army, providing him with his own rank, serial number, and even a paybook. In 1944, the Battle of Monte Cassino raged from January through to May and Private Wojtek fought right alongside his brothers-in-arms. After seeing several of the men carrying boxes of artillery ammunition, he began doing the same, just as he had done with the beer and cigarettes. One British soldier, whose account remains to solidify the accuracy of the story, recalls being taken aback at seeing a nearly 200-pound brown bear carrying a crate that would normally take more than one man to lift. For his bravery and service, Wojtek was promoted to corporal, and his story became legend among the men who fought alongside him. The 22nd Transport Company Artillery Division even changed their logo to that of a bear carrying an artillery round. After the war, Corporal Wojtek retired in Scotland with the Polish men of the army who refused to return to now Soviet-controlled Poland. He first went to a farm in Berwickshire, where his claw marks can still be seen on the trees around the garden. Then it was off to the Edinburgh Zoo, where he lived out the rest of his days as a celebrity, visited constantly by fans and former comrades alike. According to one account I found, some of the Polish who raised the bear would occasionally hop the barriers and wrestle with Wojtek as they used to do during their downtimes. Corporal Wojtek died in 1963 at the age of 21. After his death, the people of Edinburgh erected a statue to memorialize this brave, heroic bear. It is, to this day, a popular place to visit, attracting visitors from all over the world to pat Wojtek on the nose.
thousands of years, bears all over the world have been viewed as divine figures and featured heavily in myths and legends. Hesiod in ancient Greece recounted the tale of Callisto, who was seduced by Zeus and turned into a bear. The Celts once venerated a bear goddess known as Artio, and the bear god Artois is heavily associated with King Arthur, whose name and emblem represent the strength and fighting prowess of the bear. Yet, nowhere is the bear so heavily worshipped as on the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido. Here, the Ainu people revere bears above all other animals, and it's not hard to see why. Bears, with their size and strength, provide much of the resources that the Ainu people require living on Hokkaido. Hunting bears yields not just food, but furs and bone that can be used for tools as well. But it goes further than simply being a bountiful resource at their hands. The Ainu regarded bears as the embodiment of a very important mountain god, Chiramanta Kamui. The god disguised theirself as a bear in order to walk the earth. Ainu gods view humankind on equal footing, and any offerings made to them become a banquet in their kingdom. So it was up to the Ainu to free the god and return them to the mountain. Such is the origin of the most important rite among their people. They call the ritual Iomante, meaning to send someone off. A group of hunters go out into the woods and track down a newborn cub. They kill the mother before bringing the cub back with them. For the next two years, the bear cub is raised by the Ainu inside the home. Women within the community even go so far as to nurse the cub, taking it in turns to breastfeed it. One of the curators of the Nobori Bersu Bear Park, Noako Meda, studied the Ainu and their Iomante ritual, and said that the bears nurse very gently, more gently than her own children. Iomante takes place in springtime, after a bear grows to be roughly two years old. The community don their best clothes for a night of drinking, feasting, and dancing. Prayers are given to the fire, house, and mountain gods. The festival concludes with the bear being led to an altar and sacrificed, so that Chiramante Kamui, residing inside, can be sent back to his mountain home. It sounds like the kind of ritual that took place centuries ago, and indeed it did. But the Ainu practiced Iomante continuously to as recently as the 1960s. Japanese legislation forbade the ritual killing of bears, but they continue to worship and revere bears, as well as holding Kamamatsuri, or the bear festival, for tourists. Wojtek the soldier bear wasn't the first military bear, nor was he the last. 
there are two more stories I'd like to share after a quick break. Haunting Historia is written and produced by me, Aidan Maine, with music by John Bjork. History always fascinated me growing up. This podcast exists to share that love of all the obscure parts of history that either get overlooked or left out entirely. If there's a part of history that you love and want to be told, or if you want to hear more on a particular time period, feel free to email me ideas for episodes at stories at hauntinghistoria.com or through my website, hauntinghistoria.com. During the Korean War, the members of the American 187th Airborne Regimental Combat Team decided that they needed a mascot while stationed in Kumamoto, Japan. They visited the zoo and subsequently purchased a bear cub for 40,000 yen, approximately 111 US dollars at the time. Her name was Rocky, and though her military service lasted a fairly short time, she earned quite a reputation for herself. She actually made five parachute jumps, officially qualifying for paratrooper status. Though she reportedly disliked the jumps, gnawing on the boot of one of the men who helped her out of the plane, it remains a highly impressive achievement for a bear. She retired to the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago at the age of 16 months, having earned a Purple Heart in 1954 from artillery shrapnel. But it wouldn't feel right to end an episode about well-known bears without recounting quite possibly the most famous one. Before Rocky the Paratrooper, before Corporal Wojtek, there was Winnipeg. She received her name from the Canadian Army Veterinary Corps member who purchased her and named her after his hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba. In 1915, the CAVC was called to England due to World War I, and Winnipeg accompanied them as their mascot. She never actually saw combat, though, as she was donated to the London Zoo when the Corps deployed to France. The adorable little black bear garnered a lot of attention from visitors, or from no one more than a young boy who used her namesake for his teddy bear. The boy and his stuffed friend went on wonderful imaginary adventures, which inspired his father to write a series of beloved, internationally famous children's stories. That boy? That was Christopher Robin Milne. And his father? A.A. Milne, author of Winnie the Pooh. If you enjoyed this episode of Haunting Historia, then I invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single episode. As I tell the tales of history that excite and astound, you'll be there for every twist and turn. During these times, it's important to remember what playwright Eugene Ionesco said. 
Ideologies separate us. Dreams and anguish bring us together.